Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I am Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 30 years, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I'm so excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about connecting with your spouse, which seems simple, but sometimes it can be hard to feel close with your husband or your wife. I know. It's something that we've struggled with over the course of our 30 years being married. You know, it makes me think about one time, this was when COVID hit. So remember when we all were quarantined and what struck me is I know as we were home, finally together, we really struggled feeling connected. And remember, we went on a walk one day and mm-hmm. we we're just sitting there talking, going, what, what's going on? Like, we're together. We're quarantined. Why aren't we feeling more connected? Well, because we had learned really like our deepest connection was traveling together, right. speaking together. Um, doing marriage seminars and, you know, just those adventures that we experienced together brought such a depth of connection. And so then here we are at home, not traveling, not speaking, and we really had to recreate the new normal. And what was this going to look like? I was so thankful when Focus decided they wanted to do Facebook Lives (laughs) because it was something that allowed us to minister together even during that time. And it was so desperately needed. It was just, I just think back to that season and what struck me is that we go and move in and out of different seasons and how important it is just to kind of do a, a checkup of how are we doing? How's our connection? Does anything need to change? Because what we finally realized is that we needed to come up with a different idea to really connect more at that deeper mm-hmm. emotional level. And so remember, we started, you know, taking walks with the dogs and oh, we with our kids. Every and, day. Yeah, we'd make them walk out in front <laughs> and, and we just use it as the a way. The dogs or the kids? <laughs> well, is both acceptable answer? <laughs> you know, remember, we just use it as a way to go, how are you mm-hmm. doing? That's when we really started using the, okay, what was the higher of your day yesterday when when I was in the basement and you were up in your office and what was the low? And, and we even talked about what were the losses yeah, that's right. that we experienced because there were so many different things that were canceled or our son's graduation and all the things that were going to lead up to graduation, our son's basketball tournament. I mean, it was just a lot of loss. Yeah. And it just made me realize, and I don't mean this in a really negative way, but how lazy in some ways, we had gotten because traveling, we got to go to a new city, stay in a hotel, eat cool food, and minister up on stage together. And and that really created a real depth of connection and intimacy for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And so it forced us to go, okay, can't do it that way. So what's a different way? And that's why I love that idea of just a checkup. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, we really should be going, what's working? What's not working? Mm-hmm. Are we feeling connected? And and honestly, a great way to do a checkup is that we have a marriage assessment. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to put a link in the show notes, and this will give you a sense on 10 different items where you're strong. So it'll give you three of your strengths as a couple, and it'll show some growth areas. And it's a great free way to do a checkup, kind of like we did, you know, during COVID, mm-hmm. just to think, okay, what, where can we grow? Where are we strong and that we can keep, you know, going on those things, but where do we really need to focus some effort and energy? 
We've got some great segments about connection coming up. Later on, we'll hear a great devotion from a member from our marriage team, Bill Arbuckle. Well, we'll also hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can he find ways to connect with his wife when they don't have a lot of time with each other? So again, Mm -hmm. kind of what we went through a few years ago, and that's going to be a a great question. Yeah. But first, Greg had a conversation with our friends Bill and Pam Farrell about finding ways to connect with each other, even in tough circumstances. They're authors, speakers, and the directors of the ministry Love Wise. Let's listen to the conversation with Bill and Pam. Was there a time, you know, at some point in your relationship that, that you, boy, the last thing that you felt was that you were a, a united team? Because I know that there's so many people who are listening right now who are just feeling so distant, so disconnected that yeah. they don't feel like a team. What, what does that look like for you and your marriage? Maybe there was a particular season. And then how'd you guys deal with that? Oh, yeah, you got to tell about the one-year argument. Like, that happened well, when we had Let, let me start it with... Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that everybody has their season mm-hmm. of difficulty. Yeah, absolutely. And, and probably seasons, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Pam's and mine came really early. Crazy dysfunctional homes. Because we both grew up in homes that like, like they should never be repeated, and they got our attention. Like my dad, I'm the firstborn daughter of an alcoholic dad mm-hmm. with severe rage issues, wow. domestic violence, call 911. That's every holiday, kind of how we spent it. Right. And and my mom, she grew up in an extremely abusive home. Mm. And she responded by being fearful and controlling. Yeah. And as a result, she was exhausted. And so there was a lot of a lot of really difficult circumstances. Like the easiest one to illustrate it with is I was a bedwetter through the sixth grade. Mm. Mom got tired of dealing with it. So I slept in a bathtub for two years of my life. Wow. And he like um, grocery shopped and cooked for himself from second grade on. Wow. Like that's young. Yeah, that's and tough. So you brought all of that hurt and pain and dysfunction <laughs> into marriage. Mostly what we brought was determination. Hmm. Yes. Like we had both had encounters with Christ and we looked at each other and said, we need to figure out how to do things different. Like hmm. if Jesus says all things are possible through him, then he'll show us a way hmm. through this. And hmm. if Jesus says that he's our healer, our redeemer, then we can take our pain to him. And he's close to the brokenhearted. So we just kept challenging God. Your word says. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? How we walk it out? So we got really intentional. We got a little awkward. Like we would corner couples at our church who looked <laughs> like they liked each other. <laughs> and I would say to the guy, so, so you look like you're in love with this woman. Is this real? And if he said yes, I'd say, well, how do you do it? Because you guys weren't feeling that, experiencing that right, at that point. Right. We would have been stalking you and Aaron yeah. is what we would have right. done. Yeah. <laughs> and so like like most of the pain we struggled with was growing up. And we got really determined when we got married. To do something better. Yeah. But it, it kind of hit a, a crescendo when Pam went through this experience that I called the awakening. Right. Like our, our youngest son was in his first year. And this switch turned on inside of her. And she wanted to start writing books. She wanted to build a women's ministry. She wanted to change the world for Finish Christ. My and, education. And I'm looking at it going, right. this is too much. We got three little kids and like, she's out of control. She just needs to delay this thing. And, and I did my best to convince her that, uh, Pam, this, God's not doing this. Like you're, you're coming with this all on your own. Hmm. 
And we, we developed a rule early in our marriage that we're going to finish every argument. And what that means is if we can't finish it today and we're not back in love with each other, we're going to reschedule it. Hmm. Yep. And we're going to keep doing that until we get to a place that we not only love each other, but we like each other again. And like that, that process went on for a year. A whole year yeah. rescheduling. Like yeah. we would meet, talk for two hours, go, I'll, I'll see you Friday. It's rescheduled. Yeah. <laughs> but during that same time, we like lived out the rest of our marriage. So like we still had red hot monogamy. I still like thought it was the best pastor on the face of this globe. We met with mentors. And our, at the time, Jim and Sally Conway were our mentors. And Bill took his complaints about me to Jim one day. I mean, Jim's with Jesus now, so, you know, I, I can... <laughs> now you can tell the... <laughs> he just so really honest. He was, He's so He was honest. just rude. <laughs> he was rude. I said, Jim, how do I how do I get Pam and I to work together better? His response to me was, so do you need to control your wife? Ooh. I went, I'm... I didn't use the word yeah. control. <laughs> I'm not asking you about control. Yeah. I'm going, you, What's wrong yeah, with you? You're not listening. <laughs> you're not hearing me. But that's exactly what God was wanting Bill to hear. We're good yeah. at that, yeah. trying to control each other. You know, sure. Then I got to thinking, do I really trust Jesus with my wife? Hmm. Not not just do I say I do, but like, do I really trust Jesus to work in her life for the best for our family, even if it doesn't look the way I would do it? Hmm. So we had been rescheduling that argument for over a year. We had one more meeting, um, and we were just exhausted by the whole thing. And we were like... Uh, kneeling in front of our couch. I just remember being buried in the couch like, I... One of the most profound prayers we've ever ever prayed. I really love Bill, (laughs) but I don't know what to do with this. Lord, I tried to follow you, and obviously I didn't hear right, or Bill's totally out of your will. (laughs) And Bill prayed... my prayer was, Jesus, I love this woman, but I don't like her right now. Yeah. And I don't know what to do, and like, change one of us or both of us like if something's up with Pam change her if something's up with me change me if something's up with both of us change both of us because we can't keep doing this it was complete surrender but very simplistic prayer and we got up there was no angel choir or anything like that didn't seem to be any resolution until the next day Hmm. the next day I had to go to class well I I realized okay I I told Pam early in our marriage, if God ever puts an idea, a dream in your heart, I'll support it. But it has to be God doing that. Hmm. If it's just you and your ideas, we're I up for debate. have a gazillion of them, yeah. But if God puts something on your heart, I will support it. And I, I just came to this realization that the reason Pam can't give up this pursuit is God put it on her heart. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, good. now i got a problem. Because I'm not arguing with Pam, and now I'm arguing <laughs> with God. He's not yeah. going to win that and one. And it's been yeah, too big, so I can't just go to her and say, uh, Pam, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm back on board, because it wouldn't have been believable. So I said, God, can you give me a way to get the message across to her? Hmm. And then next it. day, that opportunity happened, because I had to go to class, and it was a class where I had to stand up for my faith every single day, uh, English Lit. Uh, class and uh, so I said to Bill, please pray for me. And in I was this on class. campus filming for our ministry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I said, you know, when you're on campus, just walk by that door and pray for me because I'm sure I'll be under attack. 
And so the professor said, romance is dead. It's always been dead. It's just an illusion. No two people could be married forever because it's just a lie. That just can't happen. Very encouraging. Yeah, right. (laughs) It was pretty depressing. And just then the door walked open and in walked my handsome husband with a dozen roses. And he gave them to me and he gave me a kiss and he walked out. Romance is a lie. All right. Yeah. And so the professor's like, was it birthday, Pam? And I'm like, no. And he's like, is it your anniversary? And I'm like, no. And then he thought, okay, I'm a little miffed. Why do you interrupt my class? And I said, well, I think that Bill wanted to tell me that he believes in me and he believes in the book that God has called me to write. And he just wanted to say, I'm on your team. I believe in your dream. And and then all the women are like, does he have a brother? Does he have a brother? (laughs) And one of the things I figured out, PM loves public attention. Like if your wife doesn't love public attention, that this is not a, a good idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. But I knew <laughs> she loved public right. attention, yeah. so I figured if I went into her world, I think she'll get the message. And obviously, she did. She got it right away. Hmm. And that story's yeah. been like epic. It's in yeah. several of the books yeah. because it was a God moment. God yeah. met us in our brokenness, but we were trying. Like we were like, God, we're not going to give up. Just meet us in the middle of this mess, and He did. And it also was a reminder to us that marriage is. Like, they kick into gear with breakthroughs. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes couples, are, you know, you're in that place, you're like, are we ever going to like each other? Are we ever going to be in sync again? Are we ever going to think this was a good idea? How long and am I going to be mad at you? one breakthrough can turn the whole thing. Wow. So for that couple who just feels so disconnected, so stuck, kind of like you guys were, what what would be the one thing you would tell them to do to begin kind of that process of reconnecting? I would say keep praying for for your spouse, keep praying for yourself and be open to what God might be saying about you to you that might need some change. I mean, seriously, we get very stubborn as individuals and there might be this smallest little surrender or this little area of pride, like I'm right, he's wrong. And it could be, Lord, I'm just going to surrender that to you and be open to the fact you might be bringing an answer Mm. here. It's good. And I would just, I, I would tell them to boldly ask God to show them something new that they can do. That so often we get really bold in our stubbornness. I've, I've thought about this. I've worked it out. I figured it's not going to work. And they get stuck on that thought. And if they can just say, God, do you have anything else? you have anything to share with me? And if you get impressed to do something new, do the something new. Hmm. Because, again, so often in marriage, what happens is we just get loaded with responsibility. And because we marry what we don't have, when life's all about responsibility, you become critical of each other. Because the person you marry does things different than you. Yeah. And when you start comparing (laughs) behavior and comparing problem solving and comparing decision making, you start to get critical of each other. Hmm. But if, if you can try something new, like I don't take flowers to Pam every year. Right. That she's in public. I just It's not a It'd habit. A lot of flowers like it was a, <laughs> over 42 years. Of yeah. Public that was ministry. just one of those moments. Yeah. That's great. And and sometimes just something new. new. Yeah. Something different. And sometimes that new or different comes from calling up your mentor hmm. or mentor couple, mm-hmm. calling up a pastor or your women's ministry director, uh, calling a wonderful Christian counselor like Erin, your wife, you know, uh, listening to a wonderful podcast like this one, or going to a Christian conference. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone to learn that something new. 
I paid her to say all those wonderful well, I'm things smiling about you. Because wow, that was <laughs> that was nice to hear. Uh, you know, for Greg and I, it has been you know interesting because in different seasons, we have utilized different tools, those new tools, to really build that connection and continue. Um, pursuing connection. For example, as of late, what we've been doing is, you know, after I get home from seeing clients and Greg, you're home from work, we eat dinner. We'll just, you know, we'll get in bed, you know, hopefully not 6 p.m., but maybe, you know, 8.39. Getting older, 6 p.m. is We just do, we just, yeah, we do a quick check-in, you know, just at nighttime and really ask, you know, what was the high of your day, the low of your day, and what's one thing I can pray for you about? Yeah, it's really made a big difference in just staying current and, and updated. Even last night, because our, our daughter, I don't, she wasn't feeling good or she was feeling scared or whatever, so she brought her pill in and was laying on the floor next to our bed. And it was fun to ask you, how can I pray for you? But then to ask her as well. And she said something again that that I, I thought, oh, yeah, what is that? I like, I don't, what are you talking about that you're facing tomorrow? It's such an easy tool to use mm-hmm. that keeps you updated on what's going on in the life of your spouse. And, and that is so important. And that is such an important skill to have as we want to stay really connected together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I something that we, I don't think we plan this, but I, it's so important for our relationship also to have times to where we're kind of checking in to go, okay, how are we really doing? Because it seems like most of the time that we end up in those discussions, maybe there's been a conflict or some event, hurtful, frustrating, yeah, or annoying. one of us is feeling disconnected. Yes. And but so, something's precipitated yeah, that right. that's made us have to have that. And it feels more like conflict than mm-hmm. being proactive to go, okay, let's let's go for a walk tonight and let's just talk about how are, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the zero to 10 question. Mm-hmm. Zero, we're not connected at all. 10, we're at the greatest connection. And I ask my couples that when they come in, not all weeks, but most weeks, just to get a sense of where are we really at? But, you know, even as I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm thinking it helps them to have a sense of where are we really at. And I think all of us need to be intentional because it's so easy, as we've talked about, to drift apart. Yeah. And not that you need to do that every day, but absolutely, I would say on a regular basis. So we're actually going to include a link in the show notes to some conversation starters that you and I wrote. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, I have those on my phone. Like I copied that whole Uh article, put it on the notes section of my phone. And we do take those out. So when we're out on a date or something, we'll we'll grab those. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's easy then. I don't have to try to think through what what should I ask her and and any of that. Yeah. And it's really being intentional about pursuing that connection. Yeah, and you we have a lot of these questions too in a book that we've written called Reconnected Moving from Roommates to Soulmates in Your Marriage. So if you and your spouse want to work on some of the things we've talked about and have some of those conversation starters that'll help you reach that deeper level of connection and intimacy, we'd love to send you a copy of that book for a gift of any amount. Yes, check the link in the show notes for all the details.
Hey, I'm Bill. I'm the word picture guy. Here's a word picture for you. Ready? This is the sound of a rock. But word picture guy, you say, I don't hear much of anything. To which I say, yeah, you're exactly right. Rocks don't make a whole lot of noise. Actually, they don't do much of anything. I mean, you can talk to them, but they won't even listen. Why? Because they're just rocks. Okay, let me introduce you to another sound. Ready? Well, that was the sound of a hard heart, a rock hard heart. It doesn't make much noise either. It doesn't do much of anything. And just like a rock, you can talk to it, but a hard heart never listens. It's not open to connection. Why is that? And what does that have to do with marriage? I mean, this is a marriage podcast. Well, Jesus talked about hard hearts in Matthew 19, verse 8. Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And there's a lot to unpack in just those few words, but it's interesting to note that Jesus knew the sound of a hard heart. And remember, it sounds like this. And sometimes it sounds like resentment, insensitivity unforgiveness, disconnection, and unfortunately, we all know those sounds. Okay, so what turns a heart into a rock? Well, it's a lot of things, like stress, frustration, anger, unrealistic expectations, busyness, fear, and a hundred other things. And when we choose not to deal with those things in a healthy manner, we try to protect our heart by closing it, locking it down, and refusing to let other people inside even our spouse. And over time, that wounded heart turns to stone. So it's not surprising that the Bible warns us of the dangers of a hard heart. In Proverbs 28, 14, Scripture says, whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. All right, now it's time for a heart check. How's yours? Does it sound like this? Or this? This? (laughs) Or this? Well, if your heart sounds like a rock, here's some good news. God is a heart doctor. He heals the brokenhearted, so maybe it's time to let him break through that rock-hard heart. Joel 2, verses 12 and 13 say, Rend your hearts and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. So remember this thought from the word picture guy. Rocks are rocks and hearts are hearts. Don't get the two confused. A hard heart leads to trouble and disconnection from your spouse. So keep that heart sounding like this. Well, that's powerful. I love how Mm -hmm. Bill talked about the verse from Joel 2. Mm -hmm. What was being said is that you can open your heart back up to God because he's safe. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to say he's full of compassion, slow to anger, gracious, you know, abounding in steadfast love. Those are all characteristics of someone who's safe. You know, when I'm, if I'm safe with you, Aaron, especially your heart, you know, I'm giving you grace. I'm being patient with you. You know, I'm reminding you that I'm I'm with you till the end. So I'm, there's a steadfast love there. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key to, to seeing hearts open to each other. Absolutely. I, I just love so much of what he said, but I especially love the sound of the heart beating. 
there's something so powerful about hearing that sound. Yeah, because you were a labor and delivery nurse for many, many years. It sounded would... different there. It wasn't <laughs> like thump, 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 thump. Yeah, it's pretty fast. But I loved hearing just that there's hope. Like if your heart is hardened, there's hope for you because God says there is. He wants you to come to him and Rend your heart to him. And I love the thought of it's our responsibility to check in and take care of our heart. I would encourage you and your spouse just to sit down with that passage and talk about those different elements and what that looks like. Like, what would it look like if I was being gracious with your heart? Mm -hmm. What would it look like, you know, if I'm being slow to anger and compassionate you know, the, and just go through those four characteristics of God and just say, what would that look like within our relationship? Because, again, the safer we feel with each other, the more likely our hearts are going to open to each other. And so it's we, we can't pry our spouse's heart mm-hmm. open. Although we want to. We want to. And we can't keep I, I can't keep your heart from hardening. But what I can do is work on being safe mm-hmm. with you and the safer you feel right Aaron the mm-hmm. the more likely your heart's going to open to me any anyways and then intimacy can happen well now we're going to move into our weekly Q&A and this is the part of the show that we're going to answer your questions about marriage please send us your questions this is how we can best connect with you you can click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail and if your question gets answered on the show we'll be happy to send you a copy of of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance at no charge. So a free, a free book as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Today's question comes from Ryan, who lives in Louisiana. And he asks, you know, I feel like me and my wife have no time for each other with work and with kids. How do we find ways to reconnect when we both have crazy schedules? Hmm. That is such a great question because everybody's asking it. Everybody's asking, how do we stay connected amidst real life? Whenever we teach on something similar to this, we will often say, you know, the last thing you want to hear when you ask a question like that is, here, here's a hundred things you can do to reconnect. And it just adds things to your already overflowing plate. And so what we will often say is instead of adding anything to your plate, What if we step back and look at what is already going on that can be utilized in a new way to build deeper connection? Yeah. And Ryan, honestly, I think one of the best things you could do in the spirit of what Aaron is saying, instead of, you know, adding 10 things that you should be doing, what if you just start noticing something that uh, probably one of the best marriage researchers on the planet, John Gottman, found Mm -hmm. and start looking for something he calls bids for connection. In in what this looks like is we we all of us do this throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Every one of us we're making a bid to connect with our spouse. Oftentimes that'll show up in really simple ways that we probably overlook, don't even really pay attention to. Like this morning is as I was helping Annie get ready for school, she uh, grabbed her cell phone and she's looking at something. She's like, "Hey dad, you got to see it's this is the funniest video." Well, that, that's a bid for connection. Annie was making a bid to connect with me by showing me a little video that mm-hmm. she thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, when I was coming into focus later than you were today, I texted you and said, hey, do you have lunch? Can I pick anything up? Just a simple offer. But it really what it is, is it's a bid for connection. Yeah. 
you were just saying, hey, I'd love to serve and take care of you, take care of me in whatever way. I wish I would have seen your text, though, because I am hungry and I missed it. (laughs) Well, if you really love me, you would go now. I'll just finish this off. You can go get me something (laughs) to eat. But the point is we, we constantly are making these little bids. Yeah, but it's just looking for these opportunities, bids for connection and seeing them through a new lens of, huh, my spouse is asking me that, noticing that, bringing that up for a deeper reason. And you know, are they inviting me into a connection, into an engagement with them? Yeah. And the more you're aware of those, then the more you can turn towards them because yeah. that's what this guy, this researcher, John Gottman found is that when, when your spouse makes a bid, you know, if we're driving down the road and I see my favorite vehicle, my dream vehicle, and I point it out, you have a choice, mm-hmm. right? You can, you know, ignore that. Yeah. Or I can refute it. Right. And basically go, well, that's stupid. We're never <laughs> going to get one of those. Or I can turn toward and notice whatever vehicle you're noticing and ask you questions and be curious about it. And Ryan, that's what we're saying is that I know you guys are all busy. You've got crazy, hectic schedules. So I, I don't think the answer is just trying to, when can we go out for a date night? Or when can we add a couple more things into our already hectic mm-hmm. schedule? But what if you just started to really pay attention to when is how does your wife make some of these bids? Is it to ask for help maybe with the kids or to listen to a conversation that she had with a friend maybe that didn't go well? You know, what do you think we should cook for dinner tonight? You you will often say that to me. And I now know that you just made a bid to connect. Help me decide. Right. Let's do this together is a team. And Ryan, really the point is the more aware you can be to go, oh, she just made a bid for connection and lean into that, turn towards that. You know, hey, what should we cook for dinner tonight? Instead of saying, I don't know, I'm not even that hungry. Just go, um, yeah, I, well, hey, that's a bid for connection. Mm-hmm. You know, let's cook burger. I don't know, whatever, oh, whatever you got. Good. I know, now I'm hungry. <laughs> well, I already said I'm hungry. But the point is, you, you don't have to add a whole bunch of other things to do. Instead, just notice mm-hmm. some of these bids for connection, become aware of them because they really right, create these micro connections and yes. those things can add up. Then those micro connections add up and not that it's going to like change your marriage forever, but it absolutely allows for a deeper level connection to start forming. Well, thanks, Ryan, for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have a question for us, contact us. Click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We've loved having this conversation with you about connection and hope that it helped you as you are working on your marriage. Yeah, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help to equip you and your spouse to have a healthy and deeply connected relationship. You know, we also want you to grow spiritually as a couple you know, and as an individual, which we hope will help you then to encourage another couple someone in your sphere, maybe it's a family member, someone a part of your community to help them have a healthy relationship. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.
Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.